Hello, my name is Nyquia and welcome to the Scriptures, Stories, and Strategies podcast, a Christian business podcast that brings together the wisdom of the Bible and the world of business. Join us each week as we explore a different scripture or story from the Bible and unpack its relevance for modern business strategies. Our show is designed to inspire and empower Christian entrepreneurs and business leaders to integrate their faith into their daily work. We believe that the Bible is not just a spiritual guide, but a practical tool for success in the business world. Each episode features a deep dive into a specific scripture or story, along with expert insights and practical takeaways for implementing its teachings in your business. Whether you're just starting out in the business world or are a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll find valuable insights and strategies to help you succeed in your work within our podcast episodes. So tune into Scripture Stories and Strategies to discover the power of the Bible as a business tool and learn how to apply its wisdom in your daily work. Enjoy this episode. Hello loves and welcome back to the Scripture Stories and Strategies podcast. If you are new and skip past that introduction, you probably have no clue who I am. Well, I'm Nyquia and I'm your host and sister in Christ and I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur with a few businesses under my belt and the purpose of this podcast is to help Christian entrepreneurs like you infuse more of their faith and God's words within their marketing and business strategies. And I do this by taking scriptures and stories from the Bible and then transforming them into applicable business strategies so that Jesus is always within your business plans, trials, and successes as your number one business partner. Now, my ultimate goal is to help you learn how to use your Bible as your number one business and finance tool. So, okay, well, first of all, Happy New Year. I'm not sure what day you're listening to this, but I'm filming this on January 2nd. And it's also the first episode of the new year. So last year's New Year's episode, I shared with you that I really want to put more energy into this podcast and push out more episodes. And I met my goal of one episode a month, right? So (laughs) applaud myself in the back for that. Now I really want to push out two episodes a month with postings going up the first and third Sunday of each month. Now this podcast community has grown so much last year. And I'm truly blessed and I would love for you to do me a favor, right? Please, please share this episode today with another Christian entrepreneur who needs to hear this or please share the episode that made you subscribe to the podcast. And speaking of subscribe, make sure you're subscribed to my podcast channel because I notice a few of you always listen but haven't hit that subscribe button. And honestly, it really helps your girl out. Now, last thing I ask of you is if any of my episodes or this podcast in general has ever really helped you with in your business, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review from whatever platform you're listening to. Now, my goal for 2023 with this podcast can't be reached without you. So sharing episodes, subscribing, rating my show, and leaving comments not only helps me, but also spreads this podcast to others all around the world who would find it beneficial. Okay, so Today, we're talking about 10 steps to starting a business with God, wisdom from King Solomon. And the reason I chose this topic for the first episode is because, well, the first episode of the new year is because um, it's the time where businesses usually spawn, right? 
And as Christian entrepreneurs, you may want to learn how to start a business with God, as well as what wise steps to take when starting a business. So before we start, I want to share a verse with you that I hope inspires you to take action this year if starting a new business is in your plans or even rebranding an older business or even launching something new like a product or service. So today's verse comes from Proverbs 14, 23, which says, in all toil, there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Basically meaning this year, it's time to put all that talk of what you want to accomplish into actual action because anyone can talk about what they're going to do or what they want to do, but it's all mere talk until you put action behind it. And hopefully today's episode sets some of your plan in motion. So today we're going to be focusing on 2 Chronicles chapter 1 through 9. If you are in the position to read along and write notes, please do. If you aren't in the position to read and write, please use your ears to listen. Okay, so 2 Chronicles chapters 1 through 9 is all about my boy King Solomon. If you've been a longtime podcast listener, you'd know that King Solomon is actually one of my favorite people from the Bible. And there's so much biblical business and finance wisdom you can learn from him in 2 Chronicles, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. King Solomon was the wealthiest king to live in biblical times and also the wisest of all kings after him. He was responsible for a huge task, right? After his father David passed, and that was building the temple as well as building his kingdom. So in chapters one through nine of Second Chronicles, I'm actually going to break down each section and take away 10 steps you can use from the wisdom of how King Solomon built God's temple and how he ran his kingdom into strategies you can use when starting your business this year. So if you also love the sound of this topic so far, you'll also love a past episode I did that was focused on King Solomon called Five Reasons to Run Your Business Like King Solomon Ran His Kingdom, which can be found in season three, episode one. If you're an e-commerce brand owner and you're ready to unlock the power of Pinterest and take your business to the next level, then you are going to love this new Pinterest marketing course I have for you. See, brands are flocking over to Pinterest and for good reason. Now more than ever, brands are realizing the impact Pinterest has and want their piece of the pie. Pinterest has evolved over the years as not only a visual search engine, but now an e-commerce platform for planners and shoppers, plus a social media platform incorporating more videos for brand credibility and trust. So yes, it's another platform you'll have to learn, but you'll also understand it's worth it. So whether you're a product brand or a service provider, this Pinterest course can help achieve your desired business goals. I personally help multiple brands make $371,000 and growing in total revenue and over 600,000 website traffic visitors without ads. I've helped multiple brands achieve this from Pinterest alone within the last three years. And you know what? I hear you. You want to learn how to leverage Pinterest on your own so that you can see your business website traffic, leads, and our sales grow on autopilot too. And you know what? You'd rather learn the ropes yourself than outsource that. And I get that. And that's why I've taken everything I've learned from making Pinterest a number one traffic and sales driver for my business and others and turned it into a four-step Uh, actually six steps if you're an e-commerce brand, 
four step if you're a service provider. But I, you can create this, um, you can create a Pinterest account and start attracting website traffic and sales. And you can learn all of this in one day, easy to follow online training program just for you. Once again, this course is broken down into four modules if you're a service provider, three, seven modules, I'm sorry, six modules if you are a e-commerce business owners. And just to go over all the module, module one, you're going to learn about understanding your audience and aligning Pinterest with your business goals. Module two, you're going to learn about keyword research methods and optimization of your account. Module three, you'll learn about all about content creation and automation and scheduling. Module four, you'll learn about how to read your analytics and use them to create strategies to continue growing on Pinterest. And then the extra modules, five and six, are for e-commerce business owners. And in these, you'll learn how to set up a verified Pinterest merchant account so that way you can start getting your products found on Pinterest and start generating sales as another avenue from Pinterest. And you'll also learn how to create content on Pinterest that sells your products without actually selling. You'll also learn in module six how to run ad campaigns that will really help get your content and your products out to the right people. So if you're interested in learning how to use Pinterest for your business, you can visit www.themarketingprofit.com, profit as in P-R-O-P-H-E-T.com forward slash best dash Pinterest dash course. I will also have this course linked in the show notes of this episode where you can just click the link and visit to learn more about this Pinterest marketing course. Okay, so let's start with a little background first, like I always do, right? I love to add context in there of what's happening in the first nine chapters of Second Chronicles before we dive into today's lesson. So now the author of both Chronicles 1 and 2 are actually unknown, but Jewish tradition points to the author being Ezra, and he writes the book of Chronicles to help restore the Israelites' identity and bring them back to the law of Moses. So he was writing to the return exiles, which we can place this around 450 to 440 AD. Now, 2 Chronicles chapters 1 through 9 focuses on the reign of Solomon. Solomon was one of the many sons of King David and the first surviving son from Bathsheba. And as a member of the royal court, Solomon would also uh, would have had access to the best education possible and likely including all types of tutors. And he would have been trained in the ways of the court, he would have been trained in warfare, and he would have been trained how to run a nation one day. So Solomon's occupation was being a king. And from a worldly standpoint, he was the most successful king in Israel's history. Solomon's reign was Israel's most prosperous and most powerful period in history. Solomon was actually also the third king of Israel and reigned during its golden age. He built the temple originally envisioned by his father, which is David, and this temple was spectacular, guys. Like, it was known as one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. In addition, he was also responsible for many other cultural and architectural achievements, which drew visitors from far and wide. So now up to the first chapter in Second Chronicles, David has passed away and King Solomon's plan starts in motion. So the first step when it comes to starting your business with God is to ask God for wisdom. See, God is omniscient, he's omnipresent, and he's omnipotent. 
meaning he has complete maximum knowledge beyond human understanding. He is present everywhere at all times in the past, future, and present. And he has perfect power. You know, he has perfect authority and he has perfect strength. So as Christian entrepreneurs, why aren't we asking God for wisdom, knowledge, and guidance when it comes to starting a business? Honestly, if you think about it, right, it's quite foolish not to. And you sure don't know everything. I don't know everything. So why not tap into the one source who does? And that's exactly what King Solomon does. So let's read Second Chronicles chapter 1, verses 7 through 12. It says, In that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, You have shown great and steadfast love to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. O Lord God, let your word to David, my father, be now fulfilled. For you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people. For who can govern govern this people of yours, which is so great? God answered Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you and have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings had who were before you and none after you shall have the like. So let's stop here and go over the first crucial step when starting your business, which is asking God for wisdom, guidance, and knowledge. So notice God actually opens up the floor to Solomon to ask what he wants. This is God's way of testing the heart of Solomon and how God also tests our hearts in prayer. First, let me say this, right? Praying for your business is not selfish, but you could be praying with selfish intentions. James 4, 2, 3 says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Meaning some of us make business requests only to fuel our business passions and not actually asking God to make known what he wants for our business. Now, I do have an episode in season three, episode five called um, How to Build a Business Prayer Strategy, Pray Like Nehemiah where I do teach you how to pray for your business using the pray method. That's with two R's. So that way you can make sure you're taking a unique and selfless approach to asking God about your business situations. So if you're struggling with not knowing if your prayers are selfish or not, I highly recommend giving that episode a listen. Okay, so after God asks Solomon what he wants, Solomon responds in verse 10. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people for who can govern this people of yours, which is so great. See, what I want to say here is Solomon wanted to follow God's plan through David's line to build his temple. He also knew he also knew he'd be king and he also knew he'd one day be responsible for a whole nation. And that time has come. That's a lot to take on. And his father already had a great influence and he had big shoes to fill. So I also want to emphasize that Solomon is dreaming when he is speaking to God and the direct connection is also true to us through prayer. We have direct communication with God and I love how Solomon asks for wisdom and knowledge now. He specified a time and its importance and God did just that. God answers Solomon's request in verse 11 saying, Um, because this was in your heart and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honors, or the life of those who hate you and you have not even asked for long life, 
but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may govern my people over whom I made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. Um, so see, God knew the true intentions behind Solomon's request. Solomon cared for his father's mission. He cared for his father's line. He also cared for his father's kingdom, which is now his kingdom. And he thought of his father and community and wanted to be equipped with the wisdom and knowledge to do just that. And God gave him more than what he asked for. So when you're starting your business, I urge you to pray for God's wisdom first. Ask him for knowledge and resources you may need to get the job done. Ask him to confirm you're on the right path with starting your business. Ask him to search your heart for any selfish reason for starting the business. And if any are found, ask him to help you fix them. So the second tip to starting your business with God after asking for wisdom, knowledge, and guidance is to put the resources, skills, tools, incomes, etc. he's blessed you with as a tool to build your business. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verses 14 through 17, I'm going to read that now. It says, Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. And the king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stone. And he made cedar as plentiful as the sycamore of the Shephelah. And Solomon's import of horses was from Egypt and Kew, and the king's traders would buy them from Kew for a price. They imported a chariot from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. Likewise, through them, these exported to all the kings of the Hittites and the king of Syria. So notice how with the wealth Solomon now has from God, he used it as a tool to employ people as well as purchase the materials he would need to build the temple. Notice with his resources, he also made silver as common as gold, which means he made silver easily accessible for, I'm sorry, he made silver and gold as common as stone, which um, basically means he made it easily accessible for his community. Now, I want you to take the same approach for starting your business. How can you use the resources provided to you to help make a solution you sell easily accessible to your community? How can you use the resources given to you to make sure you hire the right people and right material? How can you use the wisdom given to you to understand which employee, contractor, or freelancer is best for what role within your business by understanding their strengths and weaknesses? How will knowledge of understanding how certain materials wear or tear help you create products your customers will love or find the best manufacturers? So now let's get into step number three when starting your business. Notice the first two steps take place before your business is actually launched. Or let's just say this is the idea into fruition, uh, fruition phase. So this third step is actually preparing to launch your business to the world. So we're going to continue in 2 Chronicles chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. Okay, and the first thing I want you to pay attention to is what Solomon did was that while preparing uh, God's to build God's temple, he also used the resources given to him to prepare a palace for himself. So let's read uh, the second verse in chapter two, which says, now Solomon proposed to build a temple for the name of the Lord and a royal palace for himself. 
And Solomon assigned 70,000 men to bear burdens and 80,000 to quarry in the hill country and 3,600 to oversee them. Um, he even sent word to Hiram, the king of Tyr. And I'm going to stop reading there, but he also used these resources given to him to prepare a palace for himself. So some may think that this is selfish, but here's my personal take on it. I believe it is to be a smart move because see Solomon building his palace at the same time as the temple signify a close connection between the two houses. So what does this mean for our businesses in step three? So when starting your business, you also want to prepare a good place for you to conduct your business or have a home or space dedicated to where you do business. This can be an empty room in your apartment or house that you turn into a home office. It can mean a warehouse space. It can mean a brick and mortar store. But regardless, your biz business needs a physical space to operate and you as the owner need a physical space where business operations can be done without distractions. So make that space you choose welcoming to yourself. And if it's a warehouse or brick and mortar, store make it welcoming to the people you choose to hire to operate and see your business through also building systems in place for the home of your business is important so does your business have automation processes that always bring in potential leads and clients around the world like search engine optimization marketing are you ready to welcome new customers and sustain current customer relationships with email marketing are you solving solutions and proposing problem aware content with your social media accounts do you have operational guides for your um, employees when it comes to packaging products or shipping? See, all of this is so important when you're preparing for your business. And also don't forget about business banking systems for your business. You should be setting up business checking accounts, tracking business expenses, budgeting, and all the other important stuff when it comes to doing your business taxes. Now, I want to go ahead and continue. We're going to start reading down. We're actually going to go down a bit in this chapter. And we're going to read verses 7 through uh, 10. So verse seven starts off with, so now send me a man skilled to, now this is um, Solomon, by the way, writing to the um, Hiram, which is the king of Tyr. So he says in verse seven, so now send me a man skilled to work in gold, silver, bronze, and iron, and in purple, crim crimson, and blue fabrics, trained also in engraving to be with the skilled workers who are with me in Judah and Jerusalem whom David, my father, provided. Send me also cedar, cypress, and algum timber from Lebanon, for I know that your servants know how to cut the timber in Lebanon. Um, and it also continues to say, and my servants will be with your servants to prepare timber for me in abundance for the house I am to build with great and wonderful. Verse 10 says, I will give for your servants the woodsmen who cut timber 20,000 cores of crushed wheat, 20,000 cores of barley, 20,000 baths of wine, and 20,000 baths of oil. So this actually brings us to the fourth step of starting your business. And that is about outsourcing talent that you're not particularly strong or skilled in, as well as making business connections through networking. So in verse 7, we see King Solomon reaching out to Hiram, the king of Tyr, who did relations with Solomon's father, David. So Solomon kept that business connection strong by reaching out to Hiram, reminding him how he helped his father and then proceeding to ask for skilled workers within certain work to help build God's temple. And then we see then in verse 13 that Hiram sends a skilled man perfect for the job trained in the work Solomon saw. So two things to learn from this one. One, you cannot do it all. <laughs> all right. Um, if you try to do it all, 
as your business grows, um, you're just going to run yourself crazy. Now, Proverbs 15.22 says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Now, you may have to be in the beginning alone until you have revenue consistently coming in to hire a small team, but eventually as your business grows, your demand grows and your customer's needs grows and the more knowledge you'll have to invest in to meet those needs. So instead of tiring yourself out with skills that you really don't want to learn or have time to learn, outsource talent with past business partners. Outsource talent from past clients. This is where business networking and relationships come in. If you ever joined a community of other business owners, or maybe you did work for a client yourself, and let's say you love their emails you receive, or you love the layout of their website, or maybe you love their social media content, ask them to point you in the direction of a good email marketer, a good web designer, social media manager. They'll have firsthand knowledge of how working with that person is, how much they charge, how good they are with communication, um, the results they receive working with that person. So you literally may have a potential team in someone else's pocket and you can also outsource talent from freelancer and contractor sites as well like Upwork. Now one last thing to take away from this section of Second Chronicles is to not just do business with anyone so uh, but conduct business with those who actually see purpose and value in your business mission. So if you look at Second Chronicles uh, verse 11 Hiram responds to Solomon and says because the Lord loves his people, he made you king over him, over them. Blessed by the Lord, God of Israel, who made heaven and earth, who has given King David a wise son, who has discretion and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal place for himself. So King Hiram respected Solomon. He also respected Solomon's father, David, and the ultimate father of creation, God. He also respected the work and task given to Solomon and sent over his best skilled worker for the job. He made sure to pick someone who would be worthy. So when working with other entrepreneurs and connecting with them, keep the ones around that seek highly of what you're doing and actually respect your work and mission. So the fifth step to starting your business is to starting your business with God is to finally take action and take ideas and finally bring them to life. Second Chronicles chapter three is where Solomon has finally used his resources to acquire all necessary materials. I'm going to turn the page here if you guys hear that. <laughs> um, but it's the chapter where he requires all acquires all the necessary materials and skilled workers to finally start building the temple. And now the only thing to really take away from this section is to start now. There's never going to be a perfect time, guys, when starting your business. Do something now to start. Um, now, however, there is something special I do want to point out about where the temple was being built. So the same land that Solomon chose to build the temple has a few important biblical events that took place in the same area. Um, those events before King Solomon's temple were in Genesis 22 verses 1 through 24, where Abraham almost sacrifices Isaac. Then again, that land shows up in Genesis 28 11, where Jacob's dream took place when he climbed to heaven. And First Chronicles 21, um, verse 14 through 18, where David purchases the threshing floor for atonement. Then after King Solomon's temple is built on that land, the next biblical event that takes place that's really important is the Last Supper. It takes place in the same area, and it's also the same area where Mary was buried, and um, I believe David was buried in that same area as well. There's more um, biblical historical events in that area, but those are like the top ones. So why do I think the significance of where Solomon built the temple was interesting? 
Well, I believe it stands for a strong foundation and connection to God. And starting our businesses with God, it's so important to have a strong foundation of his word and a relationship with him first. And it will make sure that um, your business has something to fall back on when tough times come, which we all know in business is inevitable. So the sixth step to starting a business with God is to make your business stand out from the rest. This is where you want to capitalize on your unique selling point and pay attention to the small details of what makes your business unique. So chapter four of Second Chronicles is all about the temple's furnishings. Now, I won't read this chapter, but I urge you to really picture the furnishings talked about in this chapter. The details are immaculate. And so should all the details that make up your business. See, Solomon was very selective of the furnishings within the temple, and we should be selective with the products we sell or services we offer. Now, the seventh step to starting a business is to give thanks and show gratitude to your team and your customers. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, after the ark is brought to the temple, Solomon blesses the people and he also blesses his work, the temple. And now in verse 1 of chapter 6, it says, let me go to chapter 6. Sorry, I should already be on that page. (laughs) Okay, so in chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness, but I have built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed all the assembly of Israel, while all the assembly of Israel stood. So, In the same way that the Lord now has a place to dwell with the Israelites, after your business is fully launched, God is now dwelling within your business because you built some of these steps I'm talking to you about. (laughs) Um, Now, after giving thanks and showing gratitude, step seven is to remember your God-given mission from step one. Don't ever forget the wisdom and knowledge given to you and don't let it go in vain. Attention all e-commerce business owners. Are you tired of working more just to convert one customer? What if I told you there's a way to have your website traffic and sales on autopilot? You can learn how to finally attract consistent and relevant website traffic from being ranked on the first page of Google within 90 days by taking my new SEO training webinar for e-commerce brands. You'll not only learn how to rank number one on Google within 90 days, but you'll also learn how to increase your brand's online visibility through search all around the world. You'll learn how to increase your brand awareness, you'll increase your website traffic, and you'll learn how to get more sales every day straight from Google's search engine. See, a lot of people don't understand that SEO is your 24-hour salesman and Google is your boss. You cannot work on your business 24 hours a day. And when you're asleep, your website, your store is still open. And SEO takes over that time for you to make sure you're still pulling in leads and new customers every single day. It's also the most cost-effective way to get your shop found on Google, where over 90% of search go to find a product-based business like yours. So if you're ready to go from getting little to no traffic to getting consistent traffic, making no passive sales to making sales in your sleep, showing up on social media every day to less time promoting your business on social media and focusing on doing more of what you love, customers not buying from you because there's no trust, 
to automatically gaining trust from being on the first page or result in Google search engines, not attracting or connecting with your target audience to finally attracting your target audience organically from all over the world with the right keywords in place, then this SEO course is for you. To learn more about this SEO course, you can visit www.themarketingprofit.com. Profit is spelled as in P-R-P-H-E-T.com forward slash SEO dash training. Once again, that's themarketingprofit.com forward slash SEO dash training. I will also have this link available to you in the show notes of whatever platform you're listening to this podcast episode on so you can click and easily find out more. Meaning don't let your business become an idol and don't let the income from your business change the way you treat your employees or clients for the worse. Don't switch out for cheaper material just to make more money. Don't take God out of your business by dishonoring his plan for your business. So in chapter 7 of Second Chronicles, Solomon has another dream in the middle of the night. And God comes to him saying that he has heard his prayer and gratitude and is pleased to dwell in the temple he built. But then in verse 19 through 22, he gives Solomon a warning. Let's read that verse. So we're in uh, verse 19, 22 in chapter 7. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and flip there. <clears throat> okay. And it says, But if you turn aside and forsake my statutes and my commandments that I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will pluck you up from my land that I have given you. And this house that I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out my sight and I will make it a proverb and byword among all peoples. And at this house, which was exalted, everyone passing by will be astonished and say, why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? And then they will say, because they abandoned the Lord and the God of their fathers who brought them out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore, he has brought all disaster on them. So the same way God warned Solomon about turning from his commandments is the same way we can approach this with our business mission and values. Just think of God taking away what he helped you build and now your community looks and wonders why God is so harsh to you. Okay, so step eight and starting the business with God is to give back and celebrate accomplishments. So Hebrews 13, 16 says, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices, God is pleasured, is pleased. And then Matthew 10, 8 says, uh, freely you have received, freely give. So it took Solomon 20 years to build God's temple. And within those 20 years, he created, um, he created, he rebuilt cities. He created, uh, he actually helped people settle in Israel. Now, he did have slaves within the leftover communities of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, I think that's how you pronounce it, the Hivites and the Jebusites. Um, because in those times, if an Israelite king took over a land, those not of Israel were taken into forced labor for construction projects through the nation. But Dave, I mean, uh, Solomon didn't have any Israelite slaves. Instead, he made them into soldiers, officers, and commanders out of them. He gave a house to the Pharaoh's daughter, which also becomes his wife. And even though this house was separate from God's ark because of her paganism, she still had a beautiful place to lay her head. So what can you do within your business to help give back to your community? What can you do to celebrate your business milestones and achievements? Because you deserve it too. 
Okay, so the ninth step in starting a business with God is to position your business as an authoritative leader in the industry so that way you can build more trust and credibility with your customers or potential clients. So chapter nine in Second Chronicles is a chapter I find so cool because Solomon receives a visit from the Queen of Sheba. This is such a good chapter and I want to take time to read verses one through nine and apply uh, them to this business step. So it reads, now when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions, having a great retune and camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing hidden from Solomon that he could not explain to her. And when the Queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendance of his servants and their clothing, his cupbearers and their clothing, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath in her. And she said to the king, the report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I did not believe the reports until I came on my own and my eyes seen it. And behold, half the greatness of your wisdom was not told to me. You surpassed the report that I heard. Happy are your wives. Happy are those servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord, your God, who has delighted in you and set you on his throne as king for the Lord, your God. Because your God loved Israel and would establish them forever, he has made you king over them that you may execute justice and righteousness. So as you see, the Queen of Sheba was a skeptic at first. She did not believe the rumors of a man this great, but was blown away how King Solomon answered all her questions without hesitation, which is how we should be when we're answering curious questions from investors or customers about our products or services we offer. And we should be proud and sure that we're offering um, quality products. And we should really know the products or services like the back of our hand. Now, Queen Sheba also notices how wise King Solomon uh, was. And we should also be looked to as the business owner of a brand, wise, trustworthy, and credible. She also goes on to mention that she notices how all of Solomon's wives were truly happy, happy all of Solomon's servants were truly happy. She could tell they weren't forcing happiness just because of her presence. She would look down to the clothes of the cupbearers and just was amazed that everybody just looked happy and everybody was dressed well, everybody ate well. She then goes to bless the Lord God of King Solomon and acknowledges and respects his God for giving this man the task of completing this project. So in business, you may have people who don't agree with your brand mission, but they respect it. And that goes a long way. Now, the last step, step number 10 for starting a business with God is to have your business touch souls all around the world. Many brands would love to be globally recognized and have customers from all around the world, right? And in 2 Chronicles 9.22, it says, Thus King Solomon excelled all the things all the kings of the earth and riches and wisdom and all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. They even brought him gifts in the same, they even brought him gifts in the same way Solomon was sought out as a person. Your business can also be sought out as an entity around the world. So think of customers seeking out only your service, your product over other competitors. Think of these customers gifting their income to purchase your products or services. Well, 
that's all the steps to starting a business with God. And I really hope this message helps you in planning for a new business now or in the future uh, to help you keep God at the foundation of it all. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a businessman or woman in Christ. And don't forget to rate this podcast, subscribe and comment what you loved about this episode or about the podcast in general. Your comments really do motivate me to keep cranking out more episodes and guides the discussion of each podcast topic. As always, let's end this episode in prayer that will help you when starting a business. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for giving us an entrepreneurial spirit to bring Christianity into the business world. I come before you with the the sister or brother in Christ listening to this podcast and through the power of Jesus Christ as we take on new business projects this year. Consecrate this endeavor through your hands to your glory. I call on the Holy Spirit to help me execute this new initiative in a manner that honors you and puts a smile on your face. You know that I can't do anything without you. I'm powerless except through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, give me the necessary assistance to accomplish your will in the marketplace. Search me, Lord, and remove anything that would not have me observing your faithful laws of justice. Keep me free from sin throughout the execution of this business project. Father, take charge of all the plans. Give me wisdom beyond my years, power beyond my own strength, and bless me with the joy of being able to serve you once again through the gift of entrepreneurship. You are good. You are holy. You are eternal. And my life's work is for you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Happy New Year to you all, and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Do you feel that? That heat? That fuel? Girl, that's that faith fuel. And I pray you use the fuel and lessons learned today in this episode and apply them to your personal life and business journey. Feel free to screenshot this episode and share a business lesson you learned and will now be incorporating in your business. Don't forget to tag me, okay, at The Marketing Profit so I'm notified and we can talk more about how you're going to apply those lessons to your business strategy in the DMs. It would also mean so much to me to reach all the faith-based entrepreneurs who want to infuse God within their business journey. But in order to do that, I need your help to get the word out. I would love if you'd comment, rate, and subscribe to this podcast in order to help me reach those girls and share these biblical business strategies. Let them know what they're missing. Okay, don't tell them I can turn water into wine, but let them know I can turn scriptures and stories into applicable and action-packed business strategies. Thank you so much, Faith Fueled friend, and I will talk to you in my next episode. Have a blessed day.